song I've I've found myself waking up in the middle of the night when the enemy is just trying to fill your mind and I'm like mm -mm. I will turn on some gospel music in a heartbeat I'm sure my neighbors are like what is she doing up this late with music blasting but it's gospel because I'm a firm believer when the enemy's trying to come in and give you thoughts and all this that you can't sit under God's word without being changed so he's got to flee because I'm not entertaining him so this morning's scripture is found in Ephesians chapter 5. And we're actually starting in verse 8 and going through verse 14. So starting in verse 8, it says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. And then in, in some versions uh, scripture, it has parentheses and some doesn't. Mine says in parentheses, for the fruit of life is found in all that is good and right and true. And then carrying on in verse 10, it says, And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That one sentence right there is a whole sermon series. It says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but indeed expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible in the light, therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Dear gracious Lord, we ask that you open our eyes and see the temptation of evil all around us as he plants the traps along our paths. God, give us the courage to boldly stand for you in the truth of Scripture. Be sensitive to know the best way to do life with everyone around us according to your will for each of us. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son. Amen. So verse 3 through 14 are actually focusing on avoiding sin. But chapter 5 opens by telling us how to imitate God. Just as a child imitates the parents and everyone they see around them, so should spiritual children imitate the Heavenly Father. So the word imitate comes from the Greek word. Again, I'm not going to jump into Greek and Hebrew because... Lord, just get me through that. C equals MDiv. Just get me through that. But the Greek word means to mimic. And we know that to mimic means to act like something or someone. So to imitate God in this context means to walk in love. Now, let me stop right there. I know the word love has been distorted. Did that just sound country when I just said love? I heard myself go, love. I know that the word love has been distorted. I know that it's been given, been given many different definitions and meanings according to the context. People are trying to use it. Many will say acceptance is love. And they associate love with unconditional acceptance. Scripture says, and Scripture is teaching us, that love is to deny yourself. 
Cut dry. We could stop the sermon right there. We could start looking at ourselves. Love is willing to give up my self-interest for the sake of God's will. Just as Jesus gave himself up to, uh, for us, we ought to give up ourselves for him. To give oneself up means to follow, obey, and live in relationship with. And you can fill in the blank. This is where it gets a little ouch. Because I'm sure we all have people in our lives who are like, I don't want to be in a relationship with them. I don't want to love them. I don't want to give up what myself says. But you also got to fill in that blank with God. Are we treating them like God? Are we respecting them? Even when we don't, do, don't like what they're saying, there is a level of respect that we have to give. When we live with this attitude toward God, we please Him. So beginning in verse 5, Paul is actually warning those, the Ephesians, not to engage in the activities that are considered disobedient. Paul is saying that we're not to do these things because we are no longer of these things. We don't live anymore in disobedience, or we shouldn't be living anymore in disobedience. Since we are not a part of that journey anymore, we should not partner with those. That doesn't mean to throw them away. That doesn't mean we're being judgmental. Scripture tells us that when someone is caught in sin, we are to restore them gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted so easy to fall back. That's why in recovery we tell people, you got to change playgrounds, playmates, you got to change everything. Because what was normal and what was easy can become normal and easy again. <clears throat> now this is not a matter of salvation. It's a matter of identification. Have you ever had someone mistake your identity? Y'all, I can't tell you how many times I've been somewhere and go, Oh, hey, so-and-so, and they're not looking, and I'm hollering louder. They're still not paying attention. I start making my way over, and I get about so close. I'm like, oh, that's not them. That's not them. And then that's when they look at me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I do that all the time. Now I see people go, don't I know you from school? Yeah, I was just afraid to call out because I'm usually wrong, <laughs> and I usually feel like an idiot. But I can promise you that there will be no mistaking on that final day. We do not want to take the risk of hearing, I never knew you. There's a fine line, and I want you to really hear this. There's a fine line between standing in your kingdom inheritance and those that will be standing in the path of divine wrath. That fine line is called obedience. The Ephesians were once disobedient. They were once in the darkness of immorality, impurity, and greed, but now they're children of the light. So beginning in verse 11, we are told that not only are we to not do the same sin of what was once done in disobedience, but we're to expose it. Now this is where so many times we call the hypocritical church. Scholars have de debated right here that Paul is actually talking about exposing the sin of church members. The church is responsible for holding each other accountable. Scripture says restore them gently, but watch yourself. Scripture tells us how we're to go to each other. The context of dealing with disobedience is very touchy 
I think all churches right now, and we've walked this path, can say it's very touchy. You have to be very careful. For sin is exposed when light is shined into the darkness. Light makes everything visible. That's the church's mission. Be the light, shine the light, walk in the light. We're not to completely clean ourselves up before we come to Christ. It's the light of Christ that shines on our sin. And it's his atonement that cleans us up. Helps us to realize the areas that we need to surrender. That's why we tell people, change playgrounds, change playmates, change all this. And when you get out of that normal routine, God will show you the areas that were actually our stumbling blocks. That, that we were fully involved in and didn't even realize it. It's the areas that are out of control in our lives. It's the areas that's being led by our flesh. But I love the poetic message in verse 14. And I think it's still so powerful today. A person who is participating in the deeds of darkness is to wake up and rise from the dead. Meaning, turn from your deeds. Christ will shine on us. He will transform us with his light. Let me share this, this quick story with you. In his autobiography, Benjamin Franklin tells of the time that he wanted to help the citizens of Philadelphia. And he encouraged them to put a light at the street at night. Now, this was to protect them from crime, and it helped them to keep from tripping over the stones in the roadway because it wasn't flat. It wasn't like our great and wonderful system we have now, <coughs> potholes. <laughs> I love seeing the, the, the things on Facebook who are like, this road was put down during the Roman time and is still perfect, and then right beside that's like our streets. We are so advanced, but so not advanced. Anyways, failing to convince the people by his own words, he decided to show his neighbors. He wanted to show them how compelling a single light could be in the neighborhood. So he bought a lantern, he polished the glass, he put it on a long bracket and extended it out from the front of his house. So each evening when the darkness fell, he lit the wick. And his neighbors soon realized how this warm glow in front of his house was very pleasing and it was very helpful. And the passers-by found that the light helped them to avoid the trips, helped them to see the people coming at them. Soon others placed lanterns in front of their homes, and eventually the city recognized the need. This is a very powerful example. This example is also a very effective teaching tool. It's not just the main thing that influences others. It is the thing. Example. Children become like parents. Churches become like pastors. Students become like teachers. All because of powerful examples. And I'll take it one further. Especially when you've got a new pastor or a pastor that's been in one place for a very long time. A new congregation can change a pastor. There's no greater power on earth to change a behavior than the example of others. So in Ephesians 5, it begins with this, this appeal to this principle. Be imitators of God. 
It says, therefore, as beloved children, and live of the and live a life of the love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself for us. We're to give ourselves up for God. This is an outward action of giving up ourself in this context, denying himself so that we don't fall back into the same life of sin that we were delivered from, that we were redeemed from. But we are to live all of our tomorrows in the love of Ephesians 5. So as we wrap up in summary, if I could give a quick summary of, of this chapter, Paul is encouraging the people, be imitators of God and walk in love. You're not saddled with the definition of what love is today. We're guided by what love is in Scripture. Do not let yourself fall into the life of sin. Instead, stand against it. Expose it. Hold us accountable. But that's a two-way sword. Literally, I mean sword. If you're going to hold somebody accountable, you've got to be prepared to be held accountable. Use your time wisely. Follow God's will. Let the Holy Spirit help you in influencing your decisions, your behaviors, and your interactions. Let's pray. We call on the mighty name of Yahweh. We confess our hearts. We fall short every single day, even as we're trying to live out our best life following you. It is so easy for us to, to get distracted, even with a busy schedule. And that's how easy it is for the enemy to start pulling us back into that old life of sin. Lord, we ask that you shine your light into the darkness of our lives. Whatever area it is, bring it to our attention. Help us see it. Do not let that be a, an area where there's growth of anger and division and anything that could become a tool of the enemy. Help us to confess our hearts. Help us to make amends. Help us to right our wrongs, especially in the trespasses where we have trespassed or someone has trespassed against us. Help us walk this narrow path that leads us to you. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son. Amen. Amen.